Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to the NXT Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review the show formerly known as NXT, but oh, Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review last night's NXT, the go-home show ahead of NXT Delane this weekend. And to use a Michael Sidgwick phrase, think of the ground this covers. This show had everything. It had a lot. It had a lot. Yeah, man. For the second time this week, when previewing... Very cynically, a WWE TV product. My very snarky, apathetic. Oh, they'll probably do, they'll probably do this. Yeah, take actually happened. I'm terribly sorry, Mrs. Sidgwick. Your husband has WWE brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm very sorry, Pepper H. <laughs> Your terrible product was correctly guessed by someone who wanted to take the piss out of it with laser focus and got it right. <laughs> um, I've I got to say, you know, when, when AEW came along and it was it was hailed as this, this alternative to WWE and people said, guys, it's the wrestling buffet. Bollocks. This is the wrestling buffet. This is chicken legs, volleyballs, coleslaw, uh, tiramisu, just everything, just chucked out there. If you, if so, honestly, if you're not watching NXT, you you're missing out. You are missing out because yes, you'll watch some stuff, and trust me, we're going to bury it on this. That you'll go, what the f- are you doing? You do know this is going out on television, right? But don't worry because if it's something you don't like, someone else is going to be along in five minutes. You ain't. It's not raw. You ain't got to go oh, fucking twenty minutes of this. They'll be like, uh, right, okay, the uh, bird person's coming. <laughs> I, I love this. It's my favorite show of the year, this, I think, because it's just, it, it, it never fails to surprise me in all the ways that you can take that as. <laughs> it's something. It really a is. Go home show for a pay per view, and you had this. Said something. <laughs> Not all bad, by the way. No. 
Mostly, but not all. <laughs> right, let's get into it because, well, there's a lot to get into. Normally, when we go, oh, God, I've gone a bit long because we're, we're talking about Raw and like that's three hours or Dynamite because I'm going into lots of detail about the matches. If we gave five minutes to every single segment oh, of this show, we wouldn't do any other podcast today. We'd be coming out of the studio at 5 p.m. going, uh, that was, it was quite a long one, that one, to be honest. So let's just dive straight into it um, because the show opened uh, with the uh, uh, wild card match uh, to see who's the final competitor in that Iron Survivor Challenge on uh, Dead Lane uh, at the weekend. It was Farm Wagner uh, versus Andre Chase versus Axiom. And I had a load of fun watching this. I had an incredible amount of fun. It wasn't an incredible match, but my God, it was engaging. Yeah, like it was a fairly simple story. Von Wagner is a monster and can wreck both of these dudes. And so, you know, you've got, on the one hand, Axiom. Nerd! And on the other hand, Andre Chase. Oh, moment! Moment! So they have to kill the guy who's obviously, out of the three people in the match, got the most hard. Um, so they team up on him. Uh, he still wrecks both of them regardless. He, uh, at one point, I think he military pressed Axiom outside of the ring, onto Andre Chase. That was a great spot. Uh, we go to break, we come back, there's a Tower of Doom spot, um, and Chase gives Axiom a superplex onto Von Wagner. He's just a, he's just a cushion now at this point. Um, Andre Chase gets a, a bit of a, a moment to shine. He fires up. He does the chase you stomps that always gets a reaction from me. Uh, he hit a sort of double underhook sit-out powerbomb on Axiom. They got a near fall that, oh, maybe he's going to be getting into it. Um... Axiom, because he's really talented, by the way, and doesn't need all this bollocks. Um, Countess Chase puts him in an armbar. Von Wagner breaks that up, so Axiom puts him in a triangle. And Von Wagner, like this, I can, this is it. We take the piss out of him, but there's something there because he's in a he's in a triangle and he just deadlifts Axiom onto power bombs him on top of Andre Chase, uh, and then gets a near fall with a butterfly suplex. Um, then it looks like Chase might get it. He gets a double DDT on Wagner and Axiom. Comes off the top, cross bodies Wagner, but the momentum takes him out of the ring. Axiom nails a flying drop kick on Wagner. One, two, three. He qualifies for the match. He's you know the most talented, so it makes the most sense. But I'd, I had a load of fun, and I couldn't see where this match was going to go. This was really well done. This was really well done. Uh, structurally, it was not too dissimilar to virtually every single triple threat match you've ever seen. And we've seen four already this week, and it's Wednesday. <laughs> so I this did well to succeed as wildly as it did beyond my expectations because I've just watched two triple threats. Mm. WWE does kind of the same match every single time, particularly when they go home in on a genre. But like there was just certain saves... There were certain dramatic swings and momentum, like with the crossbody that you just pointed out, that I thought they were really creative. And ultimately, right, dare I say, within the parameters of this ridiculous universe where there is a college campus and a college <laughs> from which you get a degree or a diploma, and yet they did such a good job here of baby-facing Andre Chase that you Kind of going to be a little bit good when Duke Hudson takes it over. Mm -hmm. If that indeed is where the story's going. Plus protect Thea Hale at all costs. Yes, absolutely. Just Andre Chase. Like, what a character he is. Like, I think I'm coming around on Chase U. Yes. It's ridiculous that 
pedantic part of me can never ever let that go. I can never let anything yeah. go. It's part of my constitution. But my God, great babyface performance of Andre Chase, overlapping with the Duke Hudson story, which is coming in for potentially a heartbreaking conclusion <sighs> or like a really cathartic twist when Andre Chase wins out and JC finally gets that win and they never get a win. They come agonizingly close every single time and they never, ever get a win. This dorky group of jumped up morons. <laughs> people are kind of falling for them and you can never get an accurate barometer. These people in the performance center will go mental for anything. Mm. But my God, they are going to make a heartbreaking when they get turned on. And it's genuinely like really quite good. Andre Chase is the babyface worker of the week so far for me. Out of every storyline, all right, maybe not. The, I mean, because I don't think they're going to sort out the, the trio's best of seven on Dynamite, for example. Out of every storyline, Sami Zayn, Bloodline, that's not going to happen either. Aside, I really don't want this to happen during our Christmas break because I'm going to be devastated if we don't get to cover this beat by beat because I love it. I think it's great. And uh, yeah, Axiom's, you know, insanely talented. We already knew that. But uh, I just love Von Von Wagner, the big lummox that he is. He's great. He's great. He's perfect in these sorts of matches. Because like you say, triple threats go by a formula. Two guys have a match whilst one of them lays on the outside. But when the two guys, who are the baby faces, but still, uh, have taken out that other guy with such vigor like we had here, you're like, yeah, I buy that Von Wagner's going to be like, I'm going to need a minute to recover from all that. So, yeah, good stuff. And the right person qualifies to put the best match on on Saturday. Absolutely. Uh, We got vignettes throughout the night from all the uh, women uh, involved in the uh, Iron Survivor Challenge thing. um, Because on the other side, the men were going to get the main events, and we'll get to that. Tony can't book this. <laughs> um, Cora Jade says, oh, I've, I've done anything and everything to get to, to where I am to become the number one woman in NXT. Break friendships, cheat, etc., etc. I'll sink to any depths to be the first female Iron Survivor. Uh, and then we cut to the trainer's room. Julius Creed's getting checked over after, obviously, his, uh, his recent run-in with the locker room leaders, as we are calling them as a tag team. Uh, and he's cleared. Good news. He's cleared to compete. But then Ivy Nile says, right, his leg's fine, but what about his ribs? Bruce is like, what are you doing, Ivy? She's like, I'm just making sure. And then the trainer, incredibly rapid assessment. This just goes, yeah, your ribs are bugging, mate. You can't fight. You're not cleared. Uh, and the creeds are un- unhappy. But Ivy says, I'm protecting Julius. Well, what's going on here? I don't know. I think they there probably is a shoot injury, yeah. if I'm guessing, because I assume they were going to put this on the pay-per-view, a premium live event, but... Uh, yeah, issues, let's say, within Diamond Mine, if that's Again. it. Where's Roderick Strong? He must be injured. Yeah, I know he had the neck, I know he was, you know, storyline injured, but I thought the whole thing was like, he's coming back, and we were like, oh, he might cost Julius Creed in that match yeah. with Damon Kemp, but he's just, yeah. He's going to come back and reunite the group. I understand it's a weekly episodic serial, and conflict drives all of it all of the time. But can we have like three weeks of a nice run on top, or like three months rather of a nice run on top for Diamond Mine, so that when the cracks appear in it again, <laughs> you feel like, ah, oh, it's a shame. Yes, We're really bloody dominating the div- respective divisions and all the rest of it. But my God, this tension within the Diamond Mine—it's <laughs> a joke. Yeah. Um, so obviously, just me and Sige today uh, reviewing NXT, previewing AEW Dynamite. Michael Hamlet uh, working from home today. All good. You just, you know. 
He's just working from home today. He'll be back on, on Friday. Uh, so on his microphone stand, I've just hung a sign siege that says, Gone Fishing, because that's exactly <laughs> what the world champion and the number one kid... I've never seen this. I did. I know they did it recently. No, I saw it much like Apollo Crews. I saw it in my <laughs> yeah, mind did, yeah. yesterday because I knew they were going to do this. I was like, sorry, you've had them... You break bread at a diner... You had uh, Apollo Crews, they had them separately, uh, Bron Breaker, Gone Fishing, two weeks ago. Your go-home angle for the world title matches, what if they go fishing together? I mean... Just imagine a boat with, like, a camera operator. <laughs> what are those mics? The boom, boom mics. Boom! Just a, a farce. An absolute farce that I loved. So, uh, Bron Breaker's going out fishing, Apollo Crews turns up and is like, can I get involved? Uh, and they go out, and uh, Bron teaches Apollo how to fish, I suppose. <laughs> and uh, Cruz is like, well, oh, I'm pretty good at this, just like in the wrestling ring. And um, Bron's like saying, oh, your standing moonsault's good. Whenever I try that, I'll land on my bloody face. They're all very amicable and all this, and there's a bit of light, you know, uh, ribbing between the two of them. Uh, uh, he says, uh, you know, why why'd you do this, Bron? Why'd you go fishing all the time? Is it to relieve your stress or or what? And Bron talks, and he also reads his Wikipedia page about all the people he's beaten to retain this title. Um, and Bron says, he loses a match as champion. That's everything you work for. Kind of like fish or something. Um, and uh, Cruz catches a fish, and they go, hey, you got a fish, and they put you got it a back. Fish. Um, Bron says, uh, congratulations. Uh, I look forward to facing you on the pay-per-view, I suppose. And uh, and they go, oh, you show me mine, I'll show you yours, my game plan. Uh, and Bron says, uh, may the best man win. And uh, he, and Cruz concludes by saying, hey, Bron, hey, don't worry, just because I've caught a fish. Today's not, today wasn't your day. Neither will NXT deadline. I, what is this? My favourite thing about this, which of course is the perverse enjoyment of it rather than the content itself, okay, is that it's stupid enough to... Uh, Picture, there's a camera crew <laughs> on a separate boat filming all of this action with, like, close-ups and all the rest of it, right? This is a particularly stupid example of WWE operating in this absolutely stupid and uneasy space between a drama series where the characters don't know they are being filmed. Yes. And as a sport where they not only do know they are being filmed, they actively seek the reaction of those mm. who are doing the watching, whether they want to wind them up, whether they want to reach out their hands and beg for their support when they need a little bit of uh, just crowd support to drive their comebacks and their spirit and uh, just say, come on, I need someone to pick me up. Gee me up, yeah. So I know by their... In ring psychology and crowd psychology, that they are aware that they are being watched by people because the people who watch them are a direct participant in their lives. And yet, you get a segment like this where they can't possibly know they're being filmed mm-hmm. because they're on a boat. <laughs> and there'll be a, it's not like a backstage promo where it's like, cameras, we are here with. What have you got to say to the people? Why should they watch your match? Or something that would happen in New Japan or AEW, right? And I just was so amused by this. (laughs) 
And another thing I love about it, okay, again, not the content, is that it's one thing for Bron Breaker, right, who doesn't know he's being filmed this time, to have watched the tape on Apollo Crews when he's having his various diner moments. He's going, I know that joint. Um, it's off 48th. Route 64. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the weird road names over there. Do you know how many glades there are in Florida? <laughs> yeah. There are a lot, right? So the idea is either Apollo Crews is somehow, so I recognize that read. <laughs> um, that has to be in this glade or swamp or river or lake or whatever. That's not what's happened here. You can't possibly have ascertained the location mm-hmm. of Brom Breaker from that vignette a fortnight ago alone. Mm. Does that mean, therefore, that he's trial and errored it? That he's just driven around, right, from glade to glade with um, Breaker's itinerary, right, okay, well, he's going out with Cora Jade, so they're probably going for dinner later. He's not doing that. He starts at the gym, and he would eat breakfast, brunch, lunch, dinner. He's probably there. And that amount of time, that block of time, is probably gone fishing. But where? Yeah. Right. Let's drive around every body of water in the place near Breaker's residence. Or has he followed him? How has he found him? Well, I've. It's a good point you said this because I've. When we went to see Inception first time, you sort of get it, out yeah. and you go like, "So what? How's it work again with the levels?" And like jumping and dying and going to purgatory and going back up to the top and there's that someone drew a graph of like right here's the first level of dreaming then they go down to the second level and you're like right because now I'm questioning if Apollo Crews can see into the future ah oh, that's he, it then yeah but can he see into the future where he drives to one of the glades and doesn't find Bronbreaker and therefore does he not have to do that because that's happen in the future so you can rule that out or does he still have to live that experience or is it like a butterfly thing I don't know they so went fishing if he doesn't go to the right glade as was determined by the unfolding of time itself something bad and unfathomable happens over which he has no control yeah like so you might have killed a guy <laughs> sorry you're you were on the road here okay and you drove to the wrong glade, right? Mm. What you were meant to do, right, was drive on another road to another glade. But the fact that your car wasn't there, right, to warn um, a another driver to jolt them out of their sleep if they'd fallen asleep at the wheel. Yeah, they yeah. see the headlights and they go, oh, my God. Whoa. Oh, oh, I need to swerve off the road. Oh, God, that was a near miss. What if that car wasn't there and... The driver who had the near miss instead just sort of drove off into like a, a bridge or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, does He's he kill the guy? Do, do, how does seeing into the future work if you don't then subsequently live that future? I think we might be overthinking it, but I thought it was a an intriguing way to set us up for the pay per view. I'll say that. Um, Bryson Montana's in the ring, uh, but then out come the locker room leaders. God, I really like it when they kick people's ass. I gotta say this, batter him, and then who should come out for the match? I think that had been booked. The big body Javi, who's like jackpot. This guy's dead, and then he realizes that locker room leader Sanger and Vera are still in the ring, and he goes, "Oh, oh, bloody hell! Bloody pulled out me, haven't I? Better go back to the trainer's room." Uh, 
And so he hightails it out of there. And uh, Veer and Sanger get on the mic and say, look, we don't want to face the Creeds until they're 100% um, destroying them before that doesn't interest them. Uh, they respectfully decline the challenge by the Creeds until they're back, but uh, don't keep them waiting. And Julius and Brutus come out, but uh, Ivy Nile and officials are like, you can't do it, you're not cleared, etc., etc. Uh, I just love Big Body Javi, I've got to be honest. I did. We'll move on to why... I hate the character now. No, I, I do like the character. The way it's all being played off is not for me, and I'll get to that imminently. This was a decent means. It's good that they've established that they want the 100%. Mm. So much so that I'm thinking this is all a work of some kind to enable friction within the diamond mind or whatever, because they've said this all along. Mm. So it would be very convenient if this has actually happened. Yeah. I, mean, I don't care that much. More on Big Body Javi in a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mentioned her earlier. Um, I love Thea Hale as a character. She's scrappy-doo. She's the scrappy-doo of Chase U. Um, she bursts into the locker room. Uh, Andre, she goes, oh, oh, bloody hell, what a match I've had. And Duke Hudson's there. It's all right, mate. Don't worry about it. And she's like, oh, great news, guys. Uh, I've got a match tonight. Isla Dawn. And uh, Duke Hudson's like, no bloody way. She's like, yes, Wayne. He's like, no, no, no way. You shouldn't fight her. She's insane, basically. And uh, she's like, oh, no, I, I got a match. I want to wrestle. And I, Mr. Chase, what do you say? And she's like, eh, if you want to have a match, have a match. Duke's like, Professor, I, I really think she should be doing that. By the way, Thea Hale is so giddy. I'm not sure if this is going to pick this up. You can literally hear her as she's saying, oh, my God, I got a match doing this. Running on the spot like Scrappy Doo. Let me at him. Let me at him. She runs off to go and get ready. And yeah. Staxy Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Duke. M-E-M, boy. <laughs> Duke's like, I really don't think that was a good idea. Andre's just like, meet my mother. It's a decision, Hudson. Oh, I don't like this. But I do like it because more Thea Hale on television. Yeah. Just, char- they've charmed me. What can I say? Yes, Exactly. Uh, another match gets set up via TikTok next. Uh, Sol Ruker and someone's doing a dance backstage at a live show or something. That's what the kids do apparently nowadays. Uh, I don't, I'm not one for TikTok. No, I'm too old for it. My understanding of TikTok is that, you know, the um, we've got a weird fascination in what culture um, towers with stand-up comedy impersonators where... I can vaguely understand the appeal of cover bands. Yes. I want to see a David Powie cover band. We had Soasis play our SU when I was at uni, I yeah. remember. It's like this live music rules generally, and if you squint a bit, you know, you're there and all the rest of it. And it's just like, oh, it's fun. Actually, best um, Oasis tribute act. I don't really like Oasis, but I've just seemed to have run into quite a few of them. Definitely might be. Do you know what <laughs> the uh, Newcastle-based Oasis tribute band is definitely actually called? Go on. Howasis. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's not bad at all. That's good. Um, I so I understand right that the appeal of a cover band, it's like if it, they're uncanny and it's just like, all right, okay, it's cheaper. It's not the same yes. thing, but live music just yeah. stirs something within you, right? As does comedy, right? But <laughs> it, it like a punchline for punchline recital of jokes which are all in the delivery, all in the timing, and all the rest of it, just simply does not work at all. And uh, I can't remember what I'm using this as an analogy for. Uh, yeah, we, yeah we, What were we talking about? I'm thinking now about yeah, the Peter K tribute act. Yes, the Peter K tribute act where he just says, Galaxos, <laughs> and it's some, <laughs> and it's just some, like, 
fairly overweight guy. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but no, you think yeah, he passes yeah. the you know the, the smell purple test. Shirt on. Purple shirt, garlic sauce. <laughs> it's garlic bread as well. I like the fact oh. that <laughs> that's the most dad of every garlic bread. It's the future. I've tasted it. And he's, it's like tw- 10 people at the social club, and it's absolutely unremittingly grim. We were talking about TikTok before that. Right, okay. My understanding of TikTok, right, is that somehow, someway, it is this insanely popular social media platform where the crux is that you are encouraged to be the Peter K impersonator at yeah. the social club by simply mouthing along to other people's jokes. Yeah. I'm very, I'm 37 years old. Maybe if I was 17 and 18, I would have thought this was good. I, I, I'm old. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I'm, this, I'm exactly the same, right? Because, yeah, we're too, we're too old for a new version of social media. When they were like, Twitter's going down, you need to join this. I was like, I, like I, no. I think this might be it for me if that's the case, right? But I, I, honestly, the bits that I've seen, there's like flashes of that I've seen on TikTok. Anything that's good on TikTok will make its way onto YouTube, is my opinion. If it's actually good, because the amount of times I've seen like ten minutes of the funniest TikToks, and they're they're awful. I just don't they're, get they're, it. They're the 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 chalk ice that your mum's got at home instead of Vine. Like we had Vine, that was the best. Oh my god, I'm gonna one of the. I always love a little luxurious Vine compilation. Like every quarter, yeah. I'll treat myself. Stop! To that. I'm gonna drop my croissant. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely great. TikTok, right? It's a cover version of 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 a joke. And when I first realized that's what it was, legitimately, and this is not a bit, even though it is a bit, I just went, huh? Same. So I watched this one, right, where like Instagram was suggesting things and, or like, I think my wife might have been watching it or something like that. And it was like, woman mouthing along to uh, a joke. And the joke was, the husband was saying, (laughs) this is so not funny as a joke, by the way, I'm not endorsing this at all, where the husband was like, hey, baby, do you fancy a quickie? And then she went, "Mm, I'm tired of quickies. I want a longie. So the idea is she wants to get um, (laughs) vaginally penetrated. For a very long period of time, I think you found your niece on TikTok. You explaining these jokes actually quite. Might she be wants to be vaginally penetrated for a long period of time because she wants that climax to build and build and yeah. build and build, and that rhythm is very vital in the process. You know this, Will. Boy. Yeah, exactly. You're an absolute purveyor, so she can hit the absolute. Bingo! Yeah, absolutely. And the idea is, if you are a Captain Come Quick or a T Pump Chomp. Yeah. Then that crescendo, that climax, just isn't going to happen. So that explains the joke, Will Bonks. I knew it went over your head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want a quickie. I want a longie. And I thought, right, okay, that's not funny. <laughs> TikTok's <laughs> not for me. And then, because the algorithm had detected right, yeah. that I'd, oh, I've, I'd consumed this TikTok content. Or a reel, I think it is. Yeah, on yeah, Instagram, yeah. It's random stuff. So I don't really follow anything on Instagram. No. So it doesn't know what I like. So this thing was must be popular on the day. So I've clicked it. Thought this kid likes TikTok. I'm like, I'm, one, I'm 37, and two, no, I don't. And then I watched it, and there's another thing popped up. I was like, oh, I'm bored. So it's in that six o'clock on a weekend yeah. where I literally watch anything because I'm so exhausted. Yeah, the two games. Yeah, so Rocco exhausted. Just put out penalties. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so exhausted from the idea of like being a parent and all the rest of it. <laughs> I watch out. Twitter's boring. as right. Okay. Oh, it's Instagram reels. Right. I don't want a quickie. I don't want a longie. I was like, 
plagiarist. <laughs> I've already seen that, and that's when I realized that that's what it is. Like yeah. the, the MJF mid thing, everyone was doing the promo, mouthing the promo what? and saying mid. You know, you know how he became a TikTok sensation, yeah. or his promo did. And it was loads of people going, Skyline Chili, mid. And doing his promo, but saying mid, 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 mid. And that mid became a TikTok thing for a while. And it was just loads of different people mouthing the promo. Uh, what is this shit? I'm 100% with you. Like, I don't, at least with Twitter or Facebook, right? You can sort of, my parents would never have gone on it. Wouldn't have seen the appeal. Wouldn't have been chronically addicted, right? But you could explain it to them mm. in a language that they could easily understand why this is popular, okay? Well, what is it, son? Well, Dad, it's basically a digital hub that is a digital version of your real life where you can chat with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, like, tell people what you're up to that day. But it's all online. And it's like, well... It's none of my business. What other people do? And I was like, well, nor is it mine, really. But people just like sharing this kind yes. of aspect of their lives now, okay? And you know, that's what it is. It's not for me, son. But I know what it is. But James is going to say, "Dad, I'm the 800th person to say mid." <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't get it at all. So weird. But um, yeah, Sol Rooker was recording a dance, and now we're getting uh, our boys, Idris and Afi and Malik Blade versus. Uh, other boys, uh, Boris Johnson and Sir Wanks a lot later on in the night. And then it was time for the in-ring return of our real boy, Tony D is back in action, uh, baby. Uh, <laughs> baby. And he uh, squashed Zion Quinn in like three minutes. Zion Quinn is, uh... yeah, they don't rate him, I don't think. No. Uh, he got a bit of offense in, sending him into the corner, and he uh, he got, uh, he dropped, hit him with a Samoan drop to send Tony D to the outside. But for the most part, it was all Tony D's back. He's looking better than ever. Is he? Um, slugging away at the old ribs at one point. And, uh, the, yeah. Pugilist. Uh, someone drops, sends Tony, out, Tony D outside, comes back in, hits a spine buster, hits that slam of his. One, two, three. Tony D's got the win. It was all about the post-match promo, though, wasn't all it? All about it, yeah. <laughs> it was all about that. And he said, uh, oh, look who's back, baby. <laughs> baby. Hey, Stacks, you see any rust in this ring? No, I don't do it. I don't see any rust. You're still good, just as good, baby. No, me neither. Maybe uh, Mr. X-Factor over there, but not me. I'm like a shiny new, didn't expect this one, hubcap. What? Anyway. Because he steals hubcaps. Yeah. Because he's a little rascal, apparently. Not for nothing. That's why they call me the Don of NXT. Listen, hey. Jeremiah <laughs> punches a jukebox. The font. Jeremiah physical. Jeremiah physical. <laughs> Me. I gained some uh, some new revenues, right? Got some new connections. You feel me? But uh, for us, it all came down to Wesley and that goddamn North American title. See, I was well on my way to winning that qualifying match, and then Wesley took a cheap shot and blew my knee out. Wes. You've been living on that rep. And then Wesley's music hits. He comes out and Tony thanks him for coming out to pay tribute to the Dan. And Wesley's like, that's not why I'm here. I have been keeping my eye on you, though, Tony, and someone else. And then Stag says, hey, kid, let me smarten you up right now. I can't really do a very good impression. You can't really do the impression. Uh, You better have your eyes on this guy right here because nobody bigger than you're doing. Uh, 
And Wes says, all right, mate, chill out. Uh, switch to decaf. Uh, he talks about this unfinished business with uh, Dijak, obviously, when he won the title and blah, blah, blah. Oh, says Tony, Mr. High and Mighty. Yes, fancy day over Your here. majesty, let me bow before you. <laughs> I am insulted. It was a huge pop. Yeah. It was such a huge pop. I am insulted that you think I have to wait in any goddamn line. I don't care about any business you got with Dijak. He plays by a different set of rules. Good for him. But I don't care. Yours and Dijak's business is going to have to wait for some other time. And just so happens that as he talks about Dijak, Dijak appears on the screen. He calls Tony a scumbag from the streets uh, and tells Wesley to keep his name out of his mouth. He's got a special wastage of dealing with repeat offenders. And neither of them can stop him from decimating NXT. And Stack says, yeah, well, you listen to that guy right there. The way I, way I see it is, there's nowhere to run. And Stacks jumps Wesley, but Wesley drops him and does this cool, like, weird backwards roll out of the ring before Tony can get his hands on him. A masterpiece. Thank you. Oh, the yes. No, no, I was talking to you. This was just like, you know what, they're doing, they're doing two things at once here. It's fine. They're lining up challenges, bit of continuity. Like these characters are ridiculous. Yes, yeah, the best. But they're the best, uh, other than Dijak, obviously. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny how, like, Dijak literally used the phrase, cleaning up the streets. Yes. You're the cleaner now. <laughs> yep. You, yep. Are, you are the leisure center, rec center, YMCA, <laughs> Kenny Omega. Three years to almost a day. No, 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 it's a couple of months ago now. What should we call him? Penny Omega or something? Like he's the Penny version of Kenny Omega. No, Penny Omega gets called that when he's finished. Okay, sorry. So, ah, uh, Penny uh, Um, The wiener. <laughs> yeah. Instead of, instead of the cleaner. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all in all, fantastic stuff. One of my favorite bits of this show for obvious reasons. That's tremendous. Um, yeah, just wish, you know, we could uh, hear a little bit more about it. <laughs> hey guys! <laughs> you got the Christmas spirit in you. Oh, 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 baby! I heard the Matt Reigns thing about all my entrances that was absolutely spectacular. It was very good. I think Thanks, Matty! So you're the Christmas spirit? Always, baby. I, I write my list of Santa on the 7th of December every year. All right, okay. Well, today, in fact, is the 7th of December. What? Um, it's on your list? The Godfather on DVD. Fingers crossed to add to my collection. Well, that's several um, technologies ago. So have you just been watching it on VHS? I taped it off the TV. I ain't got around to watching it just yet. But when I do, oh boy, what a film that's going to be. Sorry, have you not seen The Godfather yet? Not all the way through. <laughs> what? What? They share every every flight it's shown on Tony D. But I am serving the customers. I get, oh, that makes uh, a lot of okay, sense. That makes, that makes sense, Stax. Of, of course. What so is anything else on your Christmas list? A Christmas joke book. Oh, right. You, so you, you don't... Wait. You don't, you don't write your own jokes, Dax. I just want to observe what the competition's doing. Okay, oh, okay, okay, that makes a lot of sense. I thought okay. you'd written yourself into a corner there for a second, Stax. Rule of three for things. You got anything else? Three jokes for you today. You got anything else on your Christmas list? Uh, 
a new hat and a vest. <laughs> okay, well, okay, okay. that makes sense. Yeah, you like to wear them. Have you? Are you chronically addicted to coffee? That was insinuated by Wesley last oh, night. Don't look at this cup. Oh, what does it, what does it say, Stax? Don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. <laughs> Really witty yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's basically it's always funny when you write stuff like that in a mug, isn't it? Like those signs you hang in your house. Well, not a house. Not a house. Or home. Yeah, that's a good point, that. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> three jokes for you, Sidney. Um, who question number one. Who is never hungry at Christmas? Um, right, okay. Who's never hungry at Christmas? So I'm looking for the word full. I'm looking for a pun around the word full. Full, 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 full. Santa's too obvious. Santa's too obvious. So is there a reindeer who's got full that you could spin up? Donna, Donna, because he's full of kebab. That's not bad. Should we go with that, Willborn? Yeah, it's good. Let's try that. Donna, kebab. It's good, Sid, but it's not right. Who is never hungry at Christmas? It's the Toiki, because he's always stuffed. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's very obvious in yeah. retrospect, yeah. Question number two. Uh, <laughs> joke number two, Sigi. Uh, what goes, oh, oh, oh. You? <laughs> uh, okay, so that's like Fonzie or an Italian-American mm, caricature, yeah, yeah. which Stax is, so I think the answer stacks. Um Saint Nick, is there an Italian for Nick? Um, a Don from Christmas Don. Participating more these days, Will Bond. Yeah, I just what well, I thought was no hand flat. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I've got access to this microphone. He's stacks on that microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. over here, uh, and I'm on this one. I'm over here. What obviously. was the What was the joke? Oh, uh, what goes? Oh, oh, oh! Uh, Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> Good again, but not right. White goes. Oh, oh, oh! Santa walking backwards. Because <laughs> <coughs> oh, he says ho, ho, ho. Yeah, that makes yeah, a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah. Okay, final joke for you. Needed a bit of participation with you on this. Oh ticket. yeah, I'm always up for that. Because guess what? It's a not not joke. Michael Sidgwick, knock knock. Who's there? Honda. Honda who? Honda voice day of Christmas. My trip said to me, it's the way I <laughs> tell him. Careful, careful there, Sax. See you uh. next week, guys. Bye, Bye Stacks. Stacks. That's good, that. I like, I like the knock-knock jokes. I hope he's got more of them. I think he will. <laughs> <laughs> think about knock-knock jokes, I can't really guess them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, sense he's got, I sense he's got a few more of those in his locker. Okay, but not... His locker can't be full of knock-knock jokes. Maybe maybe, maybe that'd be joke number two. Because uh, it's it, it's best when it, better when you're guessing it. So to break up the, the yeah, pattern yeah, of it. Yeah, I'm happy with not that. To, you know, not to tell him how to do his job, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. He's got Norman Smiley to do that for him already. Indeed. He doesn't need us to do it on the podcast as well. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, um, let's come on. Let's get serious, Sid. Time to return to our regularly scheduled programming, the NXT review. Uh, Scripps is, um, he's, I think he's Stan from uh, the Eminem song because he's just scribbling on a notepad and writing this poem? Question mark. I don't know. You're far more talented than me. Is this qualifies a poem? Um, well, do you, in fact, do you want to hear it, and then you can you can analyse it if you want. Yeah, that's a way to I, do it. I'm not sure legally if we're allowed to do this, but I I have acquired the audio of uh, of scripts, and uh, well, let's see what he's got got to say. Shall okay, we? Okay, okay. What it means to be a star? The words you speak often define who you truly are. That light comes so quick, but <laughs> then it's gone. The language you write is more important than the canvas it is written on. Mean what you say because there's weight in your words. I grew up in a place where everyone judged you on what they saw and not what they heard. NXT is now my new home. Same culture, just a different address, but a convenient one at that. There's only a chosen few that pass, but how much longer... Can they truly last? I must follow those that be true, but too much of the same thing make the old things feel new. (laughs) So on this journey, I must target the chosen ones. For all the rest that were born in the dark and not the light, this is why 
I write sincerely scripts. <laughs> I've got no idea what the f*** he's talking about. <laughs> What's he saying? I've got no idea. Like, none. He sort of popped as well a little bit when he was talking about um, same culture, just a different address, but a convenient one at that. What? I don't get it. I think there was a slight allusion to everyone burying the gear last year, last week. Yeah, understandably. Understandably, where he said, I was born in a place where you were judged on how you look and not what you... Oh, I, I don't understand. Judge on what people saw, not what they heard. I mean, it's, wrestling's kind of a judge on what you see business, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I've got absolutely no idea how this relates to wrestling. I've got no idea if he's a babyface or a heel. This is someone somewhere on that writing staff thinking he's clever when he isn't. Now, I know that went a while, but there was something I noticed that I would like to analyze. Now, we'll stop it when it happens. What it means to be a star. The words you speak often define who you truly are. That light comes so quick, but... Wait there. Don't pop, it comes. What it means you to be start a the star. The words you speak often define who you truly are. That light comes so quick. Josh Briggs. <laughs> Josh Briggs Jensen. Yeah. It comes so quick. Is that foreshadowing his first uh, proper rival? I hope so. Because this was... I just love the fact that I was like... It started and I was like, oh, maybe they're doing this thing where he's like, I'm changing my image now. Because they've seen everyone's reaction yeah, to that yeah, bloody yeah. gear. And then they just flashed up him going, with his stupid gear on and the Zorro S in the in sky. It's the best thing ever, man. Scripps. I can't imagine... Not being so perversely entertained by it. I'll read you the, uh, <laughs> the YouTube comments to this 14,000 views video on a 90 million subscriber YouTube channel here. Because I really think you need to know what people are saying about this. Oh, scratch that. I tell a lie. 15,000 views. Game over, writes, honestly, this gimmick has a lot of potential. The only real problem is the attire, especially the mask. So everything. <laughs> so just everything that I see, get rid of that, and uh, oh my god, what potential this has got. Uh, what? <sighs> Another comment, please? This is everything I ever wanted for Reggie. <laughs> All right, for Reggie, okay, okay. So you, you must hate Reggie then, because this is an absolute, this is an absolute career killer of a gimmick. I wish those last two words didn't exist in that sentence. The thing is, people are saying stuff like, you know, him versus Nathan Fraser is going to be a great match, and it will be, just not what scripts is scripts and dressed like that. He needs to learn to lay it in. If he, if he's targeting anyone, writes Vincent Catal Catalfamo, right? So if he's targeting anyone. He needs to target whichever producer in the back suggested this gimmick for him. Yep, fair. And folks, where, where is, is the, the line? line? So, there you go. Yeah, preposterous. And he's just, yeah, he's scribbling out some stuff, writing this crap poem. Yeah. I like the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm, very, I'm a bit of a basic bitch when it comes to poetry. Every line has to rhyme for me. Otherwise, it's just a short story that you're not bothered with. 
Um, that is... Well, okay. Yeah. But I, it, what winds me up more is when there's one line that's got six words in, one line that's got 20 words in. I'm like, I, I can't get on board. What's this structure? What are we doing here? So when he's like, you know, uh, the light comes so quick, but then it's gone. The language you write is more important than the canvas it's written on. Like, you can't, can we not shorten that one up a little bit? That's the thing. They're not going for, like, free-form visual poetry here. Like, it's meant to be very basic, and they just can't get it to, they can't cram it in. They cannot what, cram it in. Mean what you say, because there's weight in your words. I grew up in a place where everyone judged you on what they saw and not what they heard. Surely just write, mean what you say, because there's weight in your words. It's not about what you saw, it's about what you heard. I've already written it better. Yeah, I know. It's absolutely farcical. This kid is no Allen Ginsberg. But um, same culture, just a different address, which is convenient. <laughs> What? <laughs> right, Hank Walker uh, is backstage with Johnny Gipsy. Um, uh, it's just, Any relation to Nathan Frazier? Uh, possibly. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Um, and uh, this is this scene backstage last week when they're revealing the Iron Survivor people and Hank Walker walks up to him and says, oh, yeah, I wish I could follow in my father's footsteps. Uh, I want respect. And Dempsey's like, I'll kick your ass. I'm sure you don't belong, basically, because he's a git. And he did exactly that. He, uh, They had the match immediately after, well, subsequent to that. Uh, Dempsey just stretched him. I mean, Papa Regal's going to be well happy with this because he just contorted him all over the place. Drew Gulak randomly made an appearance here. Uh, more Drew Gulak on my screen is absolutely fine by me. Um, and looks very impressed as Dempsey's just punishing him. Walker gets a bit of offense in, uh, but then gets hit with a dragon screw. Dempsey works the knee, bends his leg all over the place, and just when you think it can't get any worse, he starts cross-facing him at the same time and gets the submission victory. Uh, aye. I, really... <laughs> I don't know what to say about this. It was a, He looks... He plays the part of a sadist quite well. Basically, all you need to do is study the Dynamite Kid. Yeah. And then you'll get the, the body language, not all of it down pat, um, to play a despicable human being. And, you know, his work looks like it hurts. That's step one, I guess. Gulak could do some mentoring mm. thing within this. Potential here for Summit. Yeah. He's very talented, clearly, Charlie Dempsey. Uh, Zoe Stark says, um, it's all about timing. No one can touch me. I'm going to win the the Iron Survivor Challenge thing. Uh, and Grayson Waller says, I'm going to bloody win the men's one because everyone's scared of me. <laughs> I love Grayson Waller, man. He's good. Uh, speaking of people that I love, pretty deadly. Uh, it's time for their real Christmas story. And they've got a, a Christmas throne and they're dressed in like bloody elf outfits and they sit on each other's knees and read this Christmas story. I'm not going to read the whole thing for you because we've had enough rhyming, I think, for one show. Yes. Uh, but I did like, I've written a couple of ni nice lines down. Uh, their bulging sacks overflowed with gifts from their legions of fans, uh, which they couldn't bear to handle because it's been touched by their filthy hands. Just a nice little reminder. We are heels because I love them so much I forget that I'm meant to boo them yeah. sometimes. Patiently waiting for the greatest gift of all. And it's not for you lot to stay, stop saying soccer because it's football. Yeah. That spoke to me. Basically, no one's better than them. And 2023, just like 2022, is going to be pretty deadly's year. Who on earth could challenge them? The New Day, apparently. Huge pair, but Xavier obviously. Xavier Woods is a tire, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
great stuff. Uh, they come out um, and they uh, they hear yeah, uh, hear that these guys hear what the guys have been talking about, and uh, they wonder who 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 will fight uh, pretty deadly at deadline for the tag titles at the weekend. And it is going to be the new day because they've beaten everyone, but they ain't beaten them. Um, and pretty deadly attack them. Turns into a brawl. Uh, Elton gets thrown into the tree that's in the ring. Kip gets a present chucked at his face. And in the end, uh, they get chucked out of the ring. They're on the apron. Presents slammed over their heads and then super kicked off them. I was surprised by this, but I, I did enjoy it. So I, I just could, did not see this one coming. I'll say that. Look, I'll tell you what. The brawl was really fun. Yeah. Stupid, but fun. There's going to be... Maybe there's going to be drama out the ass for the match at Deadline because I'm thinking they don't want to beat the New Day. Are they that? Are they there yet? Are mm. they Dolph Ziggler now in the WWE system? They've been going for years. Maybe this is their use, but they were once so over. Like it's with all due respect to Dolph Ziggler, he was never as over as the New Day were, as consistently um, as the New Day were. Um, so this will scan way more as a shock if Pretty Deadly beat them, even if it's by cheating. So but you can't imagine that they'd waste the New Day on NXT. Because, again, Ziggler's not someone who you can make money with on the main roster or merchandise or draw anything. Like, the New Day could come up with a new joke or a new property. He could shift merch. Yeah, just... When he's ready to come back, they're going to exactly, be... Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's it's a bold one, and it's a weird one. It completely took me aback. Is it, uh, this, is this, do you think this is shoot because of the fact that they were going to do the locker room leaders versus uh, Diamond uh, maybe, Mine? Yeah. And yet again, WWE go, oh, we can't let the fans down. Let's just pull this mint thing out of the back. Yeah. I love it, and I hope it's getting pretty deadly ready for going to the main roster because they're they're ready for they're me. Absolutely ready. No, I was taken aback by this. I really enjoyed the brawl. I think it's going to be loads of drama, a massive shock, like genuinely really well done. I will tell you what, though, I tell you what, it just shows how absolutely below the radar of anything NXT is now. Do you know? Well, you will be because you're on Twitter, and uh, you hear me ranting about it in the office. Um, whenever AEW has the absolute temerity to do. The same thing twice. My God, it's like they've spilled chemicals <laughs> yes. in a lake and killed like all the wildlife there. It's like a really shocking transgression. Now they've killed a guy. That's what they've done. Mm. Oh, my God, he did the same thing twice on one show. Well, it's a disgrace and you've killed someone. Oh, there's two concurrent recruitment gimmicks. I mean, I don't like when they do that, but come on, fuck's sake. <laughs> Two concurrent recruitment gimmicks. Yeah, well, that was, that's what happens when it's been proven time and time again that stables and, in the case of Hangman Page, a support system is like vital to mm. your progression in your career. So, of course, people want to recruit people or whatever. Yes, do not twice on the same sh episode of the same show is a bit much, but come on, no one died. No one died. Uh, oh, yeah, two matches where you've used a Canadian destroyer. That's mm, why the business yeah. is in the place it is. <laughs> earning more revenue than ever before. Whatever. No one ever, except for me, to make a stupid point, will ever point out in a million times. Yeah, one too many poems on this show. <laughs> Two poems. Can't do that. That's the end of the f world. Like, Jesus Christ, at my kiak. <laughs> I mean, technically... Have the same standards, though, you know what I mean? Have the same standards. Yeah. It was a poem and a story, but I'm not going to get yeah, into it. Yeah, they both rhymed. Granted. Oh, there's two um, incidences of rhyming on this show. <laughs> That's why wrestling's in the state it is right now. Two in incidents of rhyme. Now that, that's a crime. I'd, I'd pick that up for what's about to come, by the way. Uh, uh, Isla Dawn cut a creepy promo. 
Uh, hope Alba Fires watch him. Uh, but before uh, she can have a match with Thea Hale, uh, Mackenzie Mitchell uh, is pissing off Big Body Javi again. He's uh, he's sneaking about backstage. She uh, makes him jump. She says, "Are you looking after the locker room leaders? Uh, you know, keep an eye. You know, why are you so jumpy?" And he says, "That's insensitive. I've got an uncontrollable twitch. Uh, I don't fear anyone." Uh, locker room leaders, Indus Sherry calls them, but they're the locker room leaders. Uh, don't want any of me, uh, and you're biased. Piss off, basically. And so Mackenzie grabs uh, Ikeman Jiro. Remember him? Uh, he's walking. Jiro, he is my hero. Another rhyme. Careful. Right. Where, where's Lash Legend? Good point. He uh, <laughs> He's asked what he thinks of uh, Big Body Havy, and he gets the Big Body Havy two-thirds right. He says, big body chicken. I wanted to die. I, I wanted knew I thought of you. I wanted to die. This is so bad. They had something, and they've run it into the ground with this. Wait a second. Are we talking about the same product? <laughs> yeah, here? I think so, yeah. They had something where, right, Mackenzie Mitchell, the idea is my guest at this time is such and such. He's going to say something, and for five seconds of incredibly unnatural um, close-up action, I'm going to be a little bit like perturbed by what that person said. That was the role of the interviewer under Papa Age. They're mm, sassy and they've got a real personality. And yes, this is the direction it should take, but taking it too bloody far, mm. the idea that she outwardly hates this guy <laughs> and is trying to do terrible comedy around her hatred of him is just not how this dynamic is meant mm. to be. And I don't find it funny. I don't find it charming. I don't feel like it's a good bit at all. And then chicken. The, the only thing this was missing was a chicken noise. I was genuinely, I genuinely astonished that didn't come out. I've never understood why that is used as a device in films and TV shows. Uh, do this insanely stupid thing that is risking life and limb. No, why would I do that? Oh, I'll do anything. What? Just because they made a chicken noise? I've got a story, right? That actually proves that this works on some people. Yeah. But it's for after the podcast. It's private Ooh. business. That'll be on our Patreon, no doubt. <laughs> Don't worry, we're not going to do that. Uh, Isla Dawn. Uh, can't make any promises. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, never Isla, say never. <laughs> Isla Dawn with the, the stacks tier. <laughs> you get a personalized joke every goddamn day for the rest of your goddamn life. <laughs> uh, Isla Dawn versus Thea Hale. Scrappy do, unfortunately, uh, despite showing a ton of fire. And uh, why does I'm going to do a preview for the Stacks Patreon? Okay, okay. Why does the number one Sidgwick mega fan leak a poison leaking? Picture that. Why? Well, I don't know. Why does the number one Sidgwick mega fan leak? Because when it rains, it pours. Oh! It's the way I f***ing tell them. That. That's a really good Stax impression. I can't do it. What was it? Queer moves. Isla Dawn destroyed Deer Hale in three minutes. Uh, hit her with a sit-out reverse DDT. Two, actually. Uh, just to really hammer home the point that she was neared. Uh, dominant first match for her. I like the look of Isla Dawn, I've got to be honest. Uh, yeah. and then, then post-match... Uh, Smoke, lights, what's going on? It's Albafire. 
Christ almighty, he's so amateur. She comes in, the referees... So hokey. The referees separate them, uh, and then one of the referees gets misted. I love a mist. It's a cheat code for me. Anything mist-related, great. Ordinarily. Mm. But the wacky smoke machines and the glitchy LED boards uh, suck my cack. <laughs> Like the, what do you reckon to Isla Dawn in ring, though? I mean, she's very talented, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, very talented. Uh, should be good. It's just uh, hokey as all hell and not for me. Yeah. So we've had uh, Zoe Stark. We've had Cora Jade. Next up, it is uh, Kiana James to put over her chances in the Iron Survivor Challenge. Uh, she said there's four lambs in the ring and lambs get slaughtered. Uh, it's all about strategy and business. And she's, she's good at that because she does the business. Uh, she's got the advantage. Uh, she's going to send them into the penalty bikes. I love her penalty bikes. Uh, one by one. Um, and uh, then talks about the celebration party and uh, turns to her assistant. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. I thought it was a Christmas party sound effect, that. All right, okay. Well, it's, that must exist on the soundboard elsewhere. Yeah, let me... Because otherwise you're just being pervy. Mm, yeah, that wouldn't be that, so... What it means. No, that's... Script. So what happened to the other sound effect? Extra scripts must have hacked it. She can turn dirt into diamonds and sand into gold. She's going to be an iron survivor, and she sends the uh, the assistant off with a little, little envelope. More on that in a, in a short while. How long? Because, Jesus Christ, this <laughs> podcast is going long. Like well, first, we've got to go into the forest to meet the bird person who's going to debut next week. Before he met her. It's even better than what you described, and obviously what I saw on last week's yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our boys, uh, Idris and Ophin, Malik Blade, um, with Odyssey Jones, their new mate, of course. I think I'm getting a sty. That's the last thing I want. Yeah. Oof. That's not the last thing. You know, I don't want it. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, Boris Johnson, so wanks a lot. That's who they're facing because of the argument, the TikTok thing that I mentioned earlier. Uh, I will say Malik Blade hit a hell of a drop kick early on. He's a very talented individual. Both they both are. I love I love Ble- Blade and Anofe. Uh, I, I full disclosure, I missed part of the match. I got distracted right around the time uh, that uh, Kiana James' assistant came and put the envelope in uh, Briggs' Briggs's uh, coat pocket. Bingo! I was wasn't sure if it was bingo related. That's why I pressed that button. You know, it could be you know, an invite to a bingo game. Blade hit a moonsault to the floor to take out Briggs. Inofe hit a nice top rope elbow. I thought that was going to be the finish, to be honest. But uh, no, Jensen kicks out. And then Van Wagner shows up to brawl with uh, Odyssey Jones. That distracts the uh, uh, Blade and Inofe team. And uh, they hit the high-low to uh, Boris Johnson and Sir Wanks a lot to get the, get the one, two, three. Um, some of the stuff here missed by Miles, which if you were paying attention, Jim Ross, you might have noticed... Um, and look, I see minimal progression from Anofi and Blade, if I'm being perfectly honest. It's a shame because they've got abundant potential. We were drawn to them pretty yeah. much immediately. Um, put them in a New Japan dojo or send them on, on excursion or just do something that isn't the performance center. I should just get that on a button, shouldn't I? Imagine exactly, Save time. Yeah. Put them in the New Japan dojo. Yeah. Can, you, can you imagine what it's like to be in this performance center with all these wild characters? I mean, I'd have the time of my life. You'd love it. Yeah. If only I could wrestle. <laughs> well, half of these can't. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, the the mystery envelope. Bingo! Uh, 
uh, wasn't to a game for bingo. It was the uh, VIP ticket to NXT deadline for uh, So Anks a lot. I love this slow burn. It's so such brilliant. Like it's, it's all about the the bar, Fallon Henley's bar, of course, and one of them's getting their head turned by Kiana James and her assistant. I think it's, it's fantastic long term storytelling. This. So should we preview what? When's deadline? Saturday. Right, so we might as well preview what's going to happen there now. There's going to be some kind of skit where Hamflet's... It was a Hamflet's idea? Hamflet had an idea where they were going to do this thing, right, okay, we're going to get down to business and maybe Briggs can be lured into the assistant, uh, the boudoir. She could potentially wear some kind of um, silk dressing gown short with some lingerie underneath. Why are you looking huh? like that in your face? So I was just, I was just uh, thinking about what I've got to do for the rest of today. Right, okay. And then she's like, right, okay. <sighs> it's 2022. Um, do you consent to the fact that I'm going to shag your brains out? <laughs> and it's going to go, hot damn, Miami. Yeah, I am. I'm going to get my cock wet, man. It's a, it's a bit Uncle Howdy, that, the man. Uh, I'm just a man. I'm just the ghost of the man who got his cock wet, of course. <laughs> oh, my God. So what's Uncle Howdy? There'll be people online who will probably make that connection. Is that not a tear, then? Is that another bottle of blue in his just, face? Uh, oh, my God. I just burnt my it's biscuit. Like you know, there's, something, there's something about Mary when it's on his ear. Yeah. That's on Uncle Howdy. Oh, my God. I just... Uh, choke the chicken and wouldn't you just know it the yolk is going down my eye <laughs> and then it turns out it's the deeds to the bar exactly very good I like that sorry we lost, that our, was we, lost fancy we, we lost our way there uh, we lost our way I would say around about the time that NXT uh, 2.0 premiered exactly yeah it's gone in as complete self parody ever since that day funny we could have seen into the future like Apollo Crews can <laughs> Roxanne Perez does hers. Uh, it's been a dream. Um, she wants another shot on Mandy Rose. She should win, if I'm perfectly honest. The Iron Survivor Challenge on the women's side of things. Absolutely, she should be the next challenger and probably the next champion. Um, but she's also apparently Mojo Rawley talking into a mirror for some reason here. I thought it was a weird thing. You could have just had her say, you know, she's a nice, she's the new Bailey, in my opinion. Pure white meat baby face. You don't have to do a be all like the only person that's stopping me is me. <laughs> and I'm looking in the fucking mirror for some reason. Just have a do a very old How school. How would you know without the, the, the visual cue of the mirror? Wank. Just have a just say I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best and I'm gonna try and win. Like I just I like her and I accept of what she is. I'm not gonna go, oh well, it's a bit corny. It's Roxanne Perez. She's just a lovely baby face with no flaws. So there you go. I don't I don't understand all this. And then again, I didn't think you need the Iron Survivor Challenge, to be honest, to switch to the championship. You could have just had Roxanne Press say, well, I'm next, because I yeah. keep winning, but still. Uh, speaking of the Iron Survivor Challenge, we need the uh, final uh, wildcard entrant on the women's side of things. And uh, we said, well, one thing we know is definitely not going to be is Indy Hartwell winning this match. Could be Wendy Chu, could be Fallon Henley, but it's definitely not going to be Indy Hartwell. So Indy Hartwell won the uh, triple threat match here. Um Good fun stuff again here. Uh, there was uh, Headlock Takeover. Always good one of those. Uh, from uh, Wendy Chu. 
there's a double roll-up at one point. I like that from uh, from Hartwell. When we see Toxic Attraction watching in that Toxic Lounge. I did like the bit where Booker T on commentary was like, how do I get myself in that Toxic Lounge? And Vic Joseph sort of wistfully said, oh, that's Wade Barrett. I felt like, oh, you've lost your mate, haven't you? Um, there's a big Tower of Doom spot to take everyone out. Chu hits a moonsault pros. Moonsault press, easy for me to say, onto Fallon Henley, but gets chucked out of the ring by Hartwell, uh, and Hartwell hits the hidden blade, basically, to the back of uh, Henley's head, and gets the one, two, three. Hartwell advances, and she went and told uh, uh, Mandy Rose after this, I'm going to win this, and I'm going to beat you. Tick talk. <laughs> I don't want to be abrupt here, because I do think that I saw a better level of performance on the part of Indy Hartwell in particular than I have in recent weeks. However, yeah. across, I watched her on a Tuesday morning, uh, it's on a Wednesday morning, I watched four triple threat matches in a 24-hour period. Uh, therefore, I just was so familiar with the the, the rhythms and the, the tropes and, this, and the sequences in this sort of match that I was just like a precog. Mm. Just, as if you're not already, but like you're more willing to suspend your disbelief. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's going to be a save. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I was programmed to know when they were coming. And that's what happens when you book four of the things on two consecutive episodes of WWE product. Yeah, I think it's a fair assessment. Um, and well, I, was, I was surprised that Indy Hartwell won this, but pleasantly surprised. Because like you say, I thought this was a far better showing than her. Uh, we've seen from her recently. Uh, main event time, and of course the main event is the Grayson Bloody Waller effect. Uh, it's Grayson, and it's the other four lads who are in the Iron Survivor Challenge. Um, full disclosure, and it's getting on a bit. I didn't write a lot of this down because it was just, I'm going to be you, and 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 I'm going to be the winner of the Iron Survivor. It was all them saying it. Axiom's a babyface, so he doesn't bury anyone. But uh, everyone else is like, I mean, Mello's great, obviously. Um, and J.D. McDonough's a bastard. And, you know, Joe Gacy's a weirdo. And Grayson Waller's the best. Um, personified by one of the few things I did write down was in his introduction for all of his opponents. He was like, so I'm in it. I'm great. I'm mint. Get the camera on me. Uh, Axiom's in it. The only man who can attempt to pull off a turtleneck in 2022. Yeah. Uh, got Joe Gacy. Who's part of? I mean, he basically said the jism at one point and said uh, he went from a sociopath to a psychopath. Uh, he called JD McDonough a garden gnome and uh, he said uh, Mello's gone from a champ to a loser, which is the only. Uh, They've again, punned that so many times and derivations of it. Look, uh, I just want to get one thing out before okay. we wrap this up because they're all doing. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Grayson Waller is the the pattern merchant here. Uh, Mello is the. Yeah, only believable one uh, for me in all this. But <laughs> Grayson Waller had a line that should get a huge pat from you and our, our regular listeners because uh, he said, you know, look, I ain't survivor challenge. None of us, any of us, and none of us have been in it before. You all remember your first, except you, fat boy, on the front row. You ain't never f- nobody. He didn't say that explicitly, but he said, fat boy. Uh, hadn't had sex. Uh, I think that I think that was the implication. Yeah, I think the implication is that he's never um, been committed to insert to messant cock into uh, someone's minge. <laughs> you gonna make another point about this? Yeah, they all said I'm gonna win, and then they got in a big brawl to close the show. I'll tell you something. 
Quickly before we wrap up, you can follow me at M Sidgwick. I am hungry. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up. I did appreciate, okay, the fact that they debated the merits of which number you were drawn. Yes, that was. So good. they clarified that, okay, you know what? If you enter last, you get fewer opportunities to do the pinning. But if you enter first, you get there's more risk of you getting pinned and going into the penalty box. So look. It would still make way more sense if it was just five to start with. But still, they could really do something crazy American sports adjacent Yeah, here. Like points, penalty boxes, loads of rules and convoluted, and it just all converges to make this dripping with, narrative, with dramatic opportunity. Okay? This could be good. And it could be a complete mess, but it could also be good. And most importantly, it's got a time limit, which is always good. Yeah, I love a time limit. They haven't teased a time limit drawn Ages in AW. That's another thing that they bloody need. To, these great concepts that they just senselessly abandoned. Mm. And, and also oh, just, eliminators now. Great. <laughs> and also just yeah, putting limits on how far Triple H can go with matches is always a good thing in my opinion. Yes. Uh, right. Well, let us know your thoughts on well everything we've discussed. It feels like we've it feels like I've covered a year of content. If I'm perfectly honest, which is we always say this like raw so long and stretching, and then this is like. Three weeks worth of content combined into two hours, and I, it's the best. It's the wrestling buffet, the true wrestling buffet. Let us know your thoughts on the NXT uh, review on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and Sidgwick will be going to be back to re- uh, preview AW Dynamite, and me and Sidgwick are going to be joined by Andy Murray to discuss... The state of AW Rampage in a roundtable a little bit later on today as well. But for now, this has been the NXT Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick, to Stax for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Stax. Thank you for joining us as well. And we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.